I'm Trevor Cummings, and these are my Thoughts on Money. Hello, and welcome to the Thoughts on Money podcast, what we like to call Tom. I'm Trevor Cummings, your host of the podcast and your author of the Thoughts on Money blog, and I'm here with my good friend and colleague, Mr. Sean Latimer. Good morning. And why is it hard for me to talk, Mr. Sean Latimer? I don't know. I lost my front teeth. That could be it. Yeah. So uh, we uh, took a break last week. I had a little dental surgery, and... Um, yeah, got some new front teeth, so uh, I got an upgrade. Yeah, they look better. <laughs> yeah, thank you. We won't talk about the text message I sent. Yeah, exactly. So, um, word yeah. word to the wise, uh, if you're on anesthesia, um, please give your phone to your spouse and don't get it back for hours after. Yeah, don't send out gruesome pictures of surgeries. To the entire company. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, back to what we're talking about today. We're talking about an article I wrote called The Road to Flourishing a word we've used quite often in the last 6 to 12 months. Yeah, it is pretty cool. So uh, every Friday, uh, one of our partners uh, here at the Bonson Group uh, does kind of an interview of uh, different employees in different departments. And he always asks, you know, what's flourishing me and you? And I, I actually enjoy kind of reading. They they are, a lot of them are in a similar vein, but it is uh, interesting to see different perspectives of uh, what, what that means to them. And so I'm glad you're writing about it. Yeah, I like it too because... You can take the word and you can go to Webster's Dictionary and get an actual definition. But with a word like that, I think you're alluding to this, like, it's really personal. Mm-hmm. Like, what does flourishing mean to you? Uh, and in this article, what I wanted to talk about is that it, it seems, and, and, you know, maybe I'm stretching here, but it, it seems like that should be everyone's aspiration um, to flourish in all aspects of your life. Yeah, I uh I'm kind of jumping the gun, but uh, I liked this article too because it talks a ton about trust and uh, the idea. We talk to people all day long, and and a common question is, you know, what's the relationship like with their CPA? What's the relationship like with their advisor? And uh, I get I get mixed answers, but they I would say they fall into like three categories. Either you know I don't really have a relationship with them. Um, they, it's either brand new or I was just kind of assigned to them. Um, or I get an answer that's the, the best way I can sum it up is, eh, it's okay, you know? And, and then, or I get the answer, oh, I love them. I've been there with them for 20 years. My whole family uses them. I trust them. And uh, I think that those three categories are very telling because then you, you look kind of below the layers of the financial plan or the way their taxes are done or the investment management. And you can almost see there's alignment there. When, when you get the first answer that they don't have a relationship, there's definitely some holes, Right. And then the second category, when you get that, eh, you you can almost see low hanging fruit, or there there are some opportunities of things that could be different. And then, more often than not, when they have a really good relationship with that person, things are pretty buttoned up and look good. Yeah, and I like that you made that link because I don't think I would have naturally thought of this, right? If if I was on the Friday email you're talking about, and somebody asked me, "Hey, Trevor, what does flourishing mean to you?" I don't think the first thing that comes to mind would be this idea of trust. Um, But where I got that from, I listened to a podcast uh, last week or maybe the week before, and kind of towards the end of the podcast, the interviewer was asking the interviewee, uh, hey, what are some of your pet projects or curiosities? And the gentleman started to talk about how he was studying uh, countries of affluence. And I think in the way he was using the word, you could replace affluence with flourishing. He was saying, hey, let me look at countries that are, are flourishing and is there common attributes? Is there a common thread, a theme that I can find so that I can look at, hey, what leads to flourishing? 
And it was interesting. There's this one question, and it, you know, you can Google search it. This is a pretty common study, and it was this one question that they asked citizens. Uh, generally speaking, can people be trusted? And in countries where there's a high level of trust, meaning that question is answered yes, uh, it's usually um, followed by flourishing. So for me, it's this link point that like, huh, that makes logical sense, but I don't think I naturally would have gone there. And it, it, it made me look at other aspects of, of relationships that I have, and, and I really thought, huh, trust is extremely important. Um, just curiosity, the, how were they measuring like the most successful countries? Was it, uh, economically GDP was it, or just, uh, uh, like a satisfaction of living there type thing or. Yeah. So I didn't look into the, the actual particulars and I even thought about writing this, like, I'm sure those studies and statistics can be argued and, and, and all of that. But I, I was also thinking just from a natural sense, and we're going to talk about it, like, without trust, it's really, really hard to do business, mm-hmm. right? Um, so what I think that they were mainly measuring was people's quality of life from an economic standpoint. So, you know, if you start to divide countries by, uh, you know, status of like, hey, are these people provided for and poverty and things like that? They were basically saying there's a really high correlation between what we will call flourishing and this idea of this natural societal trust or however you would define it. Yeah, I would think too that um, there there are uh, rankings of like the happiest place or happiest countries for people to live, and I think I think Denmark is listed mm-hmm. ranked like one of the top ones. And I, I would imagine that that question would be answered as people are trustworthy there as well, just because it, it's like a strong community and people work. Together. I think they have the highest score. Oh yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Okay, so it was, it was uh, you know one of those. Dutch countries, or uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, uh, but it might have been Denmark. Yeah, and uh, you know, I've read other studies on happiness, and write uh, that there's this correlation between uh, happiness and expectations uh, in in places where uh, you know expectations are modest and they're always pleasantly surprised. There is higher happiness scores, right? And again, neither Sean or I are here to talk about like studies and if they're done right and statistical truth and all all that stuff. But what we are looking at is, hey. Um, we're two gentlemen that serve a lot of clients, uh, you know, through the years, and we will both tell you that if you're in a relationship and you're you're having trouble um, getting the full financial picture, or you're questioning why sometimes your advice is not taken, the answer is they don't trust you. Yeah, it, and to kind of break it down into like a more useful case. People often ask, like, well, why would that matter? Or trust needs to be earned. That is true. But let's say we allocate a certain amount of time to spend with each client that we have per year. And if those meetings are are, uh, kind of focused on fine combing through reports or almost playing a a gotcha game, like, what's this? Or I thought you said it was going to be this. Or I thought it was going to be that. And you're kind of always defending or answering questions like that. It doesn't give you the, uh, the endurance, really to spend extra time to find opportunities that might their, might make their financial plan better, their tax plan better. And I, I've noticed that with clients where if every conversation is exhausting, it, it makes the last thing I want to think about is how do we make things better for them? <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is probably not the best way to say it, but I'm just thinking out loud. Yeah. And I almost get this, this vision when you talk about it like that, it's like, it's like you never get traction, right? Like the motor's on, 
you're hitting the accelerator, but you're just not getting traction in any direction because that trust doesn't really allow you, or the lack of trust doesn't allow you to move forward. And the thing that I thought was interesting about this discussion or this article is that it goes outside of finance, right? Um, you know, a, a healthy marriage has a foundation of trust, right? If if you want to have a, uh, you know, pleasing work environment, it's better when there's trust among the colleagues, you know? So why would I write this article? One of the things I was telling the readers is, hey, most of you are, are not advisors, you're your clients or your investors. And my advice to you is that if you don't trust the professional across from you that's fixing your car or that is giving you financial advice or um, helping you with your taxes, abandon that relationship ASAP. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of surprised uh, the example you used in this article is good, but uh, I am very surprised there was not a sports analogy put in because that's all I was thinking about is like a community, a country that all trust together and work together. They're more efficient. The first thing I thought of was like a sports team, right? Cause you know, we play a lot of basketball and you know, we, I don't know if you remember the documentary with one of the greatest basketball players ever, but he talked about, you know, making that pass and, and there has to be trust that they're going to make that shot. And it was kind of interesting to get the behind the scene of like how much, how important trust it really is. And then it goes deeper too, because I see the people that don't put the work in or the practice and they don't trust them. But I'm surprised you didn't use sports for this one. Oh, that's I would I would have loved to. I should have. But are you talking about when Michael ja- uh, Michael Jordan passed to Steve Kerr? That's Is exactly that... what I was referring. Okay, to. I don't yeah. tell me more. I about didn't it. know if we were allowed to use names, so I'm always like he- hesitant to use a documentary. Or but uh, he, he t- I think it was more Steve Kerr talking about like how much pressure was on him because MJ did not want to pass the ball. He wanted to take the shot, so he was going to pass it to you. I think he came up after and he was like, "You better made that shot, or good thing you did, because I was not going to pass it to you again." <laughs> Yeah, and I I think that just really deepens this idea that, uh, you know, I hope we can all meditate on on this importance of trust. But I think we can take it even a little bit deeper, and David Bonson does a really good job at this, is that it is a two-way street, right? Like, we'll just use ourselves as an example. You first have to be trustworthy, right? If you're going to ask someone to trust you, you have to be trustworthy. In our business, um, things that help in that area are integrity and competency, right? This idea of trust, for me, right? We can all define what what trust means. I I think sometimes these words can even be a little bit mushy because they can mean different things to different people. But to me, trust means that someone is going to care for me in the same manner that I would care for myself, right? It's it's almost in the same vein of of that golden rule. So the importance of integrity and um, competency is that integrity, you want to make sure that somebody's making decisions that are moral and upright and um, in your best interest. So that's, that's one side of the coin. And then the other side is if they don't have competency, they're not really equipped to help you. Yeah, the the advice, it has to be able to move the needle in, in some sort of way. And and unfortunately, that that's going to happen over time, because uh, the, there's no magic bullet when giving financial advice. Uh, maybe you could talk a little bit more about the example that you use because i do think that that's a good parallel where uh, making sure that if you're getting advice or seeking advice from someone that you don't necessarily trust or connect with then you almost need to pull the ripcord and find someone you do because uh, making life decisions when it comes to finances is similar to the example you you give in the article i totally forgot the example i gave until you said that so yeah it's a good point i think it was last week 
I was on, I was in a meeting, um, and I think there was, doing this from memory, but like six individuals in the meeting, like from church. They're all leaders. And when I looked around to these, uh, for this meeting, six men, when I looked around at these six men, I'm like, man, these are, for me, my opinion, these are men of high character. Um, these are men of influence. Like, this is a good group of people. And there was, you know, six folks, maybe seven, um, that were all in that meeting with a young man that was going through a struggling time in his life. And everybody in that meeting was focused on what's best for him. And I was highlighting to him, like, that's pretty cool that, you know, most people are like selfish. So they're just going about and doing their own thing in their own life. But you've captivated the attention of seven quality people that really want the best for you. That's rare. I I think that's rare. Yeah. So, you know, it it was kind of going around the circle and they were giving advice and and he obviously had time to speak to. It wasn't just speaking at him, Um, but he had these struggles, right? And he was at a point in his life where to get to the places he wanted to get, he needed to pivot. He needed to make better life decisions. And uh, it's rare for me to not talk, but I didn't. I, I just kind of sat and listened. And then at the end, they said, hey, Trevor, do you have any input? Do you have anything to add? And um, it was one of those moments where I don't think I had anything coming into it, but I just felt inspired when I was, you know, quote unquote, given the microphone. And what I told him, I said, hey, again, these are seven quality people that are captivated by you and, and really want the best for your life. And the wisdom you've gotten today is 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 weighty and it's meaningful and it might be hard to digest, but it's it's good and it's good for you. But you're not going to take any of that advice because you don't trust anybody in this room. So what I would suggest to you is find somebody you trust, somebody of good character that uh, you know could be a role model to you, and I would go to them because there's nothing we're going to say today that's going to have an influence on you because you don't trust us. Could you tell that there wasn't attraction or it was kind of uh, falling on deaf ears? Yeah. And, you know, I've known the young man for a long time, like for, you know, over a decade. And it kind of broke my heart because I I was even thinking, what could I do to build trust? Like, I I do want him to, to trust me. And I couldn't think in a scenario where someone has broken his trust or anything like that. But for some reason, I could see he doesn't trust these people. And it was interesting. Like, if you were taking notes, like, it was like a crash course on, like, amazing wisdom. Like, the the things that were said and the advice and the guidance was huge. But, like, I like what you said, falling on deaf ears. It was going to have no influence. And for me, when I was thinking about writing this article, I was like, it's so true. Like, you could give the best financial advice. You could give the perfect guidance, the the great answer and all of that. But if you're not in a relationship with trust, it's not only extremely uncomfortable, but it's also extremely unproductive. Yeah, I'm thinking about like times in my life where, uh, you know, I, I there's been even times where you'll, you'll tell me and pull me aside and say like, hey, you probably don't want to hear this, but X. And and sometimes it, it's out of left field. Like I, I didn't even see that happening, but it's helpful. And uh, it, it is really important that if someone is going to give you like unsolicited advice like that, you have to have trust or it, it, it may not go well. Um, I, when you were talking about that meeting and how it's kind of breaking your heart that he wasn't going to take this advice, it, I think of some clients where I see them making the mistake. Like this is, don't do it this way. I wouldn't do it this way. And you, you almost say it multiple times, but they didn't trust me. And so they do it. And uh, I know you and I have both had uh, instances where they come back after the fact 
and they go, man, I wish I didn't do it this way or do it that way. And uh, unfortunately, that it just the way it is. And we, you and I, uh, we have the opportunity to sit on both sides of the table. I don't know if I'd say that way, both sides of the table. But however that should be described, we get to, one, serve clients in a personal and intimate level, right? One-on-one, we're, we're, you and I, we're advisors, right? But additionally, we oversee advisors. Mm-hmm. So we not only get the experiences and interactions that we've had uh, you know, from the front lines, we also, all the stories and conversations uh, bubble up because advisors come to us sometimes, and maybe most of the time, for technical advice, right? How would, what's, what's the planning strategy? How would you approach this? But we also know that personal finance is personal. Mm-hmm. So they also come to us for the qualitative, the soft side of it. And I, I've heard you do it, and I, I know I've done it. If someone gives you this, you know, a, a, an advisor is giving you a narrative and saying, here's what happened, and I'm kind of confused why they didn't take my advice, or I'm kind of confused why um, they're hesitating to share their whole financial picture. And you and I will go there quickly and saying, they don't trust you yet. Mm-hmm. And I think, hopefully, on, on the level of maturity, it's helping me to be more empathetic um, and look back to say, huh, what can I do? Because I, I want that trust because those are relationships that are flourishing. Those are relationships that are comfortable. And maybe you can't get there with everybody. I mean, honestly, maybe sometimes people have done things that have burned bridges that that trust will never be built. But I do think it should be, um, if the goal is flourishing, the aspiration would be to be in relationships where you are posturing to be trustworthy and, and the other person is is reciprocating trust because otherwise, and I know you've experienced it, the relationships become toxic, draining, uncomfortable. And the very worst part is that it drains your emotional tank. And then you go to somebody where you have a trusting relationship and you have nothing to give. Yeah, that, I was going to bring that up if you didn't, that they do drain your energy. And then you, you, you call it patience or energy, whatever you want to call it. You don't have it for the rest of the day. And, uh, you know, it only takes a couple toxic relationships and toxic might be an aggressive word to use, but it, it's true where every time they call or email, you just kind of like, oh, like you, you just don't want to talk to them. And uh, if you do have one of those relationships, you, you should uh, find someone else. Yeah. And, and we will kind of wrap this up by, uh, you know, just because how my mind works, I, I like to think about like peeling back layers. Like we started with uh, this aspiration of like flourishing. And then we said, huh, in order to flourish, trust has to be present. And then I think the next logical question is, how do you look for trust? Um, and, and I closed out this article with a section called Character Counts. And I was telling somebody that, hey, if, if you're looking for trust, you want to look deeper into the character of the person, um, right? And, and again, they're mushy words, but um, somebody that shows a history and a past of, of actually caring for you. Um, somebody who is willing to have the difficult conversations with you to tell you the truth, right? Someone that shows grace and empathy when needed. Um, and, and overall, you would describe, um, that person loves me. Uh, they care about me. They are willing to put my needs uh, above their own, which, uh, again, in business, I know that is tough to imagine, but uh, I would encourage you, if you're an investor, whether it is your financial advisor, whether it is your CPA, whether it is your business partner, whether it is your spouse, 
I would try to get to a place where both of you are representing those character traits. And grace is so important that when mistakes are made, um, some can be damaging and, and, and non-recoverable, right? But, but ultimately, you want to have that dance um, with the, the person sitting across from you. And I, I said it multiple times in the article. If you are not there today and you will never get there, pivot and go find a new relationship. Yep. You said in the article, don't blindly trust, but uh, definitely be open to the two-way street. Yeah, I love that you said that. I actually forgot about that. We we would never be encouraging someone to say just blind faith, blind trust. Like we, we would actually describe it the, the opposite, right? Trust with open eyes, right? Our, our intent um, would be to go alongside somebody. You and I use this language a lot, shoulder to shoulder, um, with the, the obvious goal of, of helping them build their wealth, but also build their knowledge, right? Sometimes when we talk about trust, some people might get to the place where it says, oh, if you trust, you can't ask questions. No, no, no. It's actually the opposite. Questions are welcome. But um, you want to see when you're asking questions, would you describe that narrative as being collaborative or combative? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, if you're on the side of combative, you probably won't be able to get to the path of trust and flourishing. Um, and you probably have to change your patterns and your posture and your approach and your attitude. Yeah, just a final thought is that I, I can remember an, a, a uh, I almost said incident. <laughs> it wasn't incident. In, instance when someone said, hey, you know, uh, it was something really simple too. It was regarding like a treasury and when it was purchased, how much it paid. And they were like, I thought you said it was going to do this. And I thought uh, uh, it, it was very combative, the questions. And it was kind of coming out of left field because it was a trusted relationship. And I answered all the questions and they were misunderstanding it. And at the end they go, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I, I was getting bad advice from someone else. I thought that it wasn't doing what you said. And I thought that for some reason it wasn't, wasn't what it was supposed to be. And I just remember sitting there. I'm like, oh, we're good. But I kind of felt it. I felt the questions like weren't coming from this person. It, it almost seemed like, uh, like you said, that difference between uh, trying to learn more or being combative. Yeah, we, we were, you and I found ourselves in, in leadership conversations this week and things like that. And uh, I remember this quote where it was, uh, you should always listen to what they mean, not what they say. And it's like, there's truth there. But man, it's so hard because mm-hmm. sometimes the words can feel like darts um, and sometimes it can get your blood boiling. And, uh, you know, I-, I love that David Bonson's guidance on, on leadership starts with this idea of poise, right? Um, can you be able to be even keeled or in your right mind um, when the conversation or the volume or the language um, starts to feel uncomfortable? Yep. So we won't... Uh, we won't take it any further, but um, yeah, the road to flourishing is absolutely paved with trust. So in all relationships, aspire to be trustworthy and um, where it's appropriate and where you see fit um, and where you use your intuition, be trusting because uh, it can take relationships further and it can really get you to the places that um, you aspire to be, right, in environments of flourishing. We will ask that if you have any questions or comments or um, particular ideas you want us to discuss in the future, you can reach either Sean or myself, Trevor, at a very easy email to remember, Tom, T-O-M, at thebonsagroup.com. The hardest part will be 
spelling thebonsongroup.com. Uh, but you can reach us by email. We will ask that you rate the podcast. Five stars are preferred. You can leave comments there. Uh, we appreciate you. And we will be back next week with more of our Thoughts on Money. The Bonson Group is registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. The team and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This podcast was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the team and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors do not provide tax or legal advice. This material was not intended or written to be used or presented to any entity as tax advice or tax information. Tax laws vary based on the client's individual circumstances and can change at any time without notice. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor before establishing a retirement plan.